Carol Duncan <laughs> with you and Mark Tinson and a very special guest for a very special Friday joining us in the uh, Melbourne studios, Jim Keyes. Hello. Oh, hi, guys. How are you? Good. This is just our sort of usual Friday carry-on, so thank you for joining in. Oh, pleasure. What happens is usually Mark comes running in the door at the very last minute before we go to air, as you've just experienced. It's fun, isn't it? Talk about no pressure. I've got a lot of stuff to do. He hands me a CD and he hands me a playlist, and we always have a little song that we start the show with, which usually I choose because he never chooses the right one. Uh. He actually had Turn Up Your Radio on his list at number 14. It is a fantastic song, and it just occurred to me when I was listening to that, it's like, Jim, you are probably the, the best guy for primal primal utterances in the history of pop music. <laughs> yeah. Did you just call Jim Keyes a screamer? <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. Perfect screamer. I, I am, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we'll, we'll get to Undecided very shortly. Uh, uh. Perfect. Yeah, I was a grunter as well. That's right, and you, you'd have to. Wonder. Maybe I could should play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, harsh, oh, harsh. <laughs> well, Russell Morris was in the studio here with me just a couple of months ago with Brian Cad, and and that was lovely. You guys are all still so busy, which is wonderful. It is, uh, you know, to be gainfully employed after forty five years in rock and roll is, um, well, there's only a few of us left <laughs> that can yeah. do it. <laughs> Well, you've got a real job as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a. This is no. This is my real job. Uh, my mum thinks I took the first thirty years off. <laughs> 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 She'd be right, wouldn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, with Cotton Keys and Morris, I think the thing that carries the show is that you've got such a great bunch of songs from your from your catalogue, uh, from all. Well, three we counted hours. them up one time we, when we first got together. We, just for fun, we counted up. And it turned out there was we had four between the three of us we had forty two charting songs. That's a lot. Oh, you hogs! <laughs> you didn't let anyone else have a turn, did you? No, um, but uh, uh, you know that's over a period of time through the sixties and seventies, and in, in Daryl's in Daryl's case, some of them were even in the 80, early eighties. Yeah. But um, yeah, we can get up there and do an hour and a half of all hits, yeah. you know, and, and not have to do any cover versions or, or you know, all, all killer, no filler, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, we've got we've got the baby boomer market sort of sewn up. The, yeah. the, you know, the, the people that grew up with those songs, um, uh, they come out and they have a fantastic time. And uh, as far as, like, the original artists doing those songs, um, like I said before, there's very, very few of us left that, that are around to do it and that can do it. So uh, I guess that's why we... We do do well and get the crowds is because um, we're the only ones that can come and see. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones that can get out of bed in the morning. The, yeah. The, the funny yeah. thing is, though, that you mentioned having the baby boomers sewn up, and I think yeah. it was mid last year the soundtrack to Paper Giants, which was on ABC television, yes, came yep. out, which of course had Turn Up Your Radio on it. A- and Because I Love You. Yeah. And yeah, and I've got two little boys who are nine and ten and who know all the words and where all the screams go. <laughs> and and yeah, where great. and where all the umama mouths go in the real thing go too, which is pretty thing, cool. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Yeah, no, look, those songs have lived on. They have, and and uh, you know, we never obviously when we were writing them and when they were first released, we wouldn't dream that they'd be around forty years later. You know, you, you just wouldn't think that would be the case. But somehow they've lived on, and uh, you know, they've become well. Those two turn up your radio because I love you, and the real thing uh, have become classics. You know, and they. they um, 
Uh, they get used in TV ads and movies and TV shows and all sorts of stuff. And uh, still to this day, I mean, because I love you is being used in uh, Australian Super, I think it is at the moment. Um, so it, it's great because it gets it through to a, a new generation, you know, and people people know that song. And, yeah. Well, and, I don't, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jim, but I actually teach at the TAFE now. Teach audio. Uh, you old oh, fart. Yeah, you. You've gone from being uh-huh. a rebel. No. Haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got a real job. Yeah. To, to being cut, respectable. Yeah, yeah. But the TAFE... Yeah, he's, the, he's the mild boy of rock now. <laughs> <laughs> but the mild one. But the TAFE... <laughs> the mild one. The TAFE actually <laughs> used uh, Do What You Want To Do, Be What You Want To Be, yeah, as their theme song. Oh. Well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. No, it's funny that because that phrase, uh, you know, that that's the thing that's it's amazed me because um, in the '60s when it came out, um, it was it was sort of the anthem of a lot of women because because females in those days. I mean, we're only just starting to find their feet in that regard to to do what they wanted to do and be what they wanted to be because they were before that they were they were sort of tied to the the stove and the fridge and and um, and never got out there and and that I I know from for a fact that um, a lot of a lot of girls and women later on in life have come up to me and said you know when I heard that song it gave me a, a sense of that I could be free and do stuff a know? feminist yeah. anthem Jim. A feminist anthem, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm proud to be a lesbian. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a Friday music show oh, here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Carol Duncan with you, Mark Tinson, and our very special guest, Jim Keyes, joining us from the Master's Apprentices this week as well. And, and Jim, you've just stumbled right across the tone of this show. <laughs> for, for better or for worse. Yeah, now, I Jim, tripped into it, yeah. so to speak. Now, we're just talking about great songs. So you've actually brought out a new album. Harking yeah. right back to the early days of of the Masters, when you could be called a garage band. You weren't called yep. a garage band then, but it's sort of uh, retrospectively, I think that genre has been applied to much of the early uh, it Masters. It has, style. yeah, yeah. They've pigeonholed you, us. But you've picked a great bunch of songs uh, that are uh, considered to be, I guess, garage classics now, and just re-recorded them, and they sound fabulous. Yeah, look, I've got such a great reaction for this record, and 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 all it was done for was fun. I mean, I did, I didn't even. Do a record. I just I just got together and um and and for fun we we started rehearsing a um a few of those songs that that we found and um and then it sounded so good that it was suggested we actually record them and I said oh, well that's stupid there's no reason to do that nobody's going to play it <laughs> and uh, no 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 we'll be right no you just record them I reckon it'll be all right so we recorded them. And uh, and then the record just sounded even better again, and the people were just saying, "You'll get a record deal with this." And I said, "I oh, don't be stupid." People in my, you know, my peer, none of my peer groups have record deals, none of them. And uh, and I thought, "Oh well, you know, let them go. They'll 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 soon realise." Anyway, they took it along to uh, to Shock Records and uh, didn't tell them who it was. Just played it and said, "You know, what what do you think of this?" And the guy goes, "Is this some old '60s band you've dug up?" <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. It was recorded last week. He goes, last week? Yeah, yeah. So, well, who is it? And he said, well, it's Jim Keys. Jim Keys? The same Jim, the Master's Apprentice, Jim Keys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is we got. We love it. Let's go. Let's record some more songs. We'll do an album. So, I couldn't believe. Jim, it. I'm not sure that Tino quite believed me when the CD came in, and I said, oh, Tino, there's this that's come in, and it's pretty good. We should do something with it. And he went. 
Oh, and he faffed around. He didn't even come and pick it up until yesterday afternoon. Oh, faffed around. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a busy man. I'm an educator now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, that, that's a bit of a, a, a reaction from a lot of people because they, they look, they see Jim Keyes and they go, oh, you know, oh, he's from back then. Is he know, still can't. alive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is he still alive? Yeah. And, and not only that, but how could he be making valid music nowadays, you know? Uh, and so I, I think a lot of people dismiss it before they even, you know, before well, they t- even listen to tell it. Tell you what, Jim, you've bigged it up enough. Let's hear a track. The opening <laughs> track of uh, the new CD from Jim Keys. It's called Dirty Dirty, the CD that is. Dirty uh, Dirty. And just listening to that, Jim, I, I get the sense that I could have. it could be even the Rolling Stones back in the early 60s. Um, yeah, just it's playing got that sort of thing about it. Yeah. Or, and, or maybe it's like sort of uh, the Pretty Things or something, you know, one yeah. of those bands from there. And there's also uh, the harp playing out the front, which was one of the things that, that front men in that, the, the British uh, R&B movement all seemed to do. You know, uh, they did. Paul Jones from Manfred Mann, unbelievable yep. harp player. Oh, yeah, he was great. Brian Jones from the Stones was a great harp player. Yeah, and even Mick um, himself. In fact, yeah. you, won't, you might not believe this. It's an absolutely true story. I learned to play guitar... Uh, I was taught by Brian Jones. <laughs> no, true story. No, I was. I my big, was. my I, big brother taught me. Yeah. <laughs> so I reckon you win that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, how it happened was I just I was at the concert in '65 when they were here, yeah. the, the first time they came to Australia, and I got up. I was sitting sort of virtually in the first or second row uh, at um, uh, Centennial Hall in Adelaide. And um, I just stood up. This is before they went on. I stood up, walked to the st- side of the stage door, walked straight through. No, no security. security. No, no, nobody stopped me. It was just all different then. And I walked straight in, and there they were all in the band room, just standing there. And I was there with them. <laughs> and uh, I just joined. I just joined, joined the band, Masters of Premises, and and. Um, I was starting to play harmonica, and, and but I couldn't bend a note. In, with blues harmonica playing, you've got to be able to bend a note to make it sound good. Yeah. You know? And I couldn't do it because there's a certain thing you've got to do with your mouth, you know, to, to, to get that bend. Yeah, you sort and of I go, do wow, it. as you, as you wow, breathe in. that's the sort of a thing you do with your <laughs> tongue and your throat and yeah. all that stuff. It's hard to explain, but you, you can. Anyway... Um, so I was talking to Brian Jones and, and he, you know, we were just talking away and I said I was in a band and, and I said, I'm try, trying to learn to play my harmonica but I'm finding it hard bending notes. He goes, oh, hang on, I'll show you. And, he, you know, so he got his harmonica out and showed me and gave it to me and, and I blew in and, oh, yeah. And for the first time ever, I, I bent a note. I went, oh, wow, that's great, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so Thanks, I, was, man. I was very grateful to Brian Jones for teaching me. Yeah, and apart from the health risks of doing that. Oh. So, yeah, sharing well, harmonicas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a bit germy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Friday music show here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Carol Duncan with you, Mark Tinson, and our very special guest this week, Jim Key, is celebrating the release of a new CD called Dirty Dirty. 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 And I reckon we have to hear that, that primal utterance. You think? Undecided. Okay. That's glorious. I think Tina nearly fainted, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was uh, that that was our very first single, and um, it sort of blasted onto the onto the airwaves, and and sounded, people thought people didn't know it was an Australian band. Everybody thought it was like something like maybe the Kinks. Yeah, or something. It had a sort of a sound like the Kinks, like yeah. all day and all of the night. You really got me those two, yeah. um, and and uh, it took a long while for people to realise it was an actually Australian band that was doing it, and. Yeah. Um, 
Um, that was 1966. Was, that was a wonderful yeah. year, Jim. Uh, it was a great year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Fabulous some great year. stuff. Was that when you were born, Kelly? I've got yeah. a chart. I've got, a, I've got an old uh, chart from 5KA in Adelaide, and uh, we're, we're at number one, uh, and the chart is absolutely incredible. You know, there's there's the Beatles, the Stones, and Elvis Presley, and all these people on the chart, and you know, we're number one, and we're, we're above all of them. <laughs> it was great. But, the, you know, the, the, the hits, like on that top 40 chart, I reckon 30 of them are still being played now. They're all such great songs. Yeah, we probably play them right here on yeah. Fridays. Now just yeah. with, with the idea of garage rock, and, and uh, you know, I don't think anybody called it garage rock back then. No, no, it, it wasn't called that then. With, with, with um, hindsight, we look back and we go, probably the bands that are considered to be garage bands are, are simply R&B, um, pop, kind of bands but yeah. probably with less sophistication in in their actual technique production <laughs> and, values and, yeah, yeah yeah and i was just listening to undecided there and, and the second guitar phrase he stumbles over that that riff oh yeah and, you go, yeah. and it's left in and you go that now that's that's raw honesty isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well when i was making this new album it was funny i i um uh, uh, people friends wanted to play on it you know and i, I kept saying no no i don't want I you don't play want, too I, good <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is what happened. I, I bumped into Rob Hurst, you know, the drummer oh, from yeah. Midnight Oil. I, I jumped in, jumped, uh, bumped into him up in Brisbane, and uh, uh, you know, we we're just chatting. And he, uh, you know, he asked what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm, "I'm making a garage punk album." And he goes, "Wow!" <laughs> he goes, "Wow! Can I play on it?" And I said, "No." And he, he, he sort of got taken aback a bit because he's actually my favourite Australian drummer. He's fantastic, drummer. Rob Hurst. Yeah. Anyway, so he, he says, "Can I play?" And I said, "No." And uh, he said, "Oh," and I said, "I said you're too good. I want bad." <laughs> and he said, and he turned around. He said, "Well, I can play bad really good." <laughs> uh, I said, "No, but um, uh, you know, I know and that's that's what I, I wanted. I wanted a certain naivety." You know, uh, and when you use seasoned musicians who are, who are all really good, it it sounds too good. Mm. You know, like you were saying about that guitar stumbling there, it was it was naive, and and we were only just sort of learning to play, and you know, and it was that youthful exuberance that that made those records sound like that and be like that. That's really and interesting, so, though, Jim, because there are things in there, and I think of oh, some other stuff of the same era where, like, the hand claps in that are not equal temperament, yeah. for example, and no. you know. Was that just a happy accident? Yes, of course it was. No, that's nothing brilliant. Was, well, we were recording it on a two-track machine. Luxury. And I mean, that's just primitive. Yeah, luxury, love. Um, uh, you know, the band went down on one track and I, my vocals went down on another and that was it. That, that's all you got. And yet, on a two-track machine, which is like as primitive as you can get, I still hear that on the radio now and I think, wow, that, that leaps out. It's still got... It's still got a, 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 an intimacy and, a, and, a, and an immediacy about it, you know, um, that that all the sophistication of recording techniques now haven't really got any better, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's really <laughs> they true. They have in terms of they have in terms of making it all perfect and mm. produced to the a few, degree. A few days ago, Jim, I had reason to. I can't remember what poor excuse I used, but I had reason to play David Essex uh, "Rock On." No, I think Rock that's on, a great yeah. thing to do. And I, yeah, yep. well, I had it turned up very loud in the studio as. You do, and that's 1974. And yeah, gee, that yeah. is still, you know, the the, the audio, the just yeah. sonically, it is still 
spotless. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, and we were still using, you know, probably four track, maybe yeah. got to eight track by then, I don't know. But now it's 157,000 track if you want it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so uh, you know, I, I just believe that, um, you know, less was more in a way, <laughs> the old cliche, but, um, you know, you were forced to make the most out of, the few tracks you had, so you did, you know. But now you, now you can go. Oh, we'll put it on another track. Yeah, I'll be right, you know. <laughs> and it's a bit, it's it's and sort of. Uh, and also, we were given a free reign in those days. We, uh, you know, certainly in the uh, the uh, mid '60s, there was no producers. There was no infrastructure in rock and roll. There was no um, uh, yeah, publishing companies and 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 a management companies and agencies and all those sort of things were in their infancy. And it was more like a hobby back then rather than, a, than than an industry and and um so we'd be in the studio and there'd be nobody there to really guide us and 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 luckily that's the case because we guided ourselves and in doing that we were free to do whatever we wanted you know mm. and we used to have this little adage uh, when we were writing the song we'd go you know we'd get to the certain part maybe the middle eight or something and, and we'd go oh what do we do there oh well when in doubt freak out that was our little motto. And so we'd get to that part and we'd just sort of go, go crazy. play anything. And it usually turned out to be great. You know, oh, that'll do, that's fantastic. Let's do that. You know, oh, it and, sounds um, to me, Tino, like you'd have, um, you, you'd have fit right into that scenario. Oh. When in doubt, yeah. freak out. Oh, well, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, I think there's another one when in doubt, bend if you're a guitar player. So you, just, yeah. you bend a note and then you repeat it. Right. Yeah, just that's to right. make it look yeah, like you're fancy. I think it goes Well, that's a funny well. thing, too. That's a funny thing too, because when I was making this new album, um, <clears throat> the guitarists, uh, well, well Davy that I used, uh, at first he was sort of bending notes and uh, and you know you know and all that, and and I went, hang on, Davy, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just playing, you know, <laughs> just playing. Bending, just bending. And I said, well, well, you know, in the sixties. <laughs> Nobody knew how to bend a note. Well, Nobody bent notes until were too maybe heavy. late sixties when Hendrix came along and and stuff. But um, it was all you know. We were we were sort of primitive pioneers and trailblazers and 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 and, and nobody until like eddie van halen came along and did all these all these um gymnastics on the guitar uh people hadn't really um discovered how to bend notes and do all those sort of techniques that came later and so that's what gave 60s music a bit of a naivety especially in the guitar solo area where it was all very ding 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 you know rather than wow 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 thing you know so i had to Reteach the guitarist <laughs> oh. how to play without bend because it just becomes natural to guitarists now because they all grow up with it yep. and they don't realise that well they think to not do it sounds crummy <laughs> yeah well, very easy beats yeah we all sounded a bit like that in fact they they um they say now that the masters and the easy beats those two bands were probably uh, the two bands that f- forged what later would become known as the Australian sound mm. and I and I think they're probably right there because we were very original. We didn't sound like American bands or English bands. A little bit of both, but an amalgam of both of them, I guess, and with our own rawness. Uh, and um, and a lot of uh, I've heard later in later years, uh, a lot of bands sort of have taken a bit of a leaf out of the book, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially bands like uh, a, a mate of mine rang me who, who I write songs with, and he said, "Oh, the, hey Jimmy, have you heard heard this band that they've ripped you off?" And I said, "What band?" He said, "Jet." And I said, "Jet." I, I hadn't heard them at that stage. <laughs> And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, have they? And he said, yeah, have a listen to them. So 
I went and listened to um, uh, Are You Gonna Be My Girl, that first single they did, and it, it, it is very Masters, <laughs> sort of a cross between Masters and Easy Beats, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, yeah, that's great, you know, that's great that a band now uh, <clears throat> can sort of take a leaf out of the, of, of the past, from the past, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and with Jet, I don't think they were ripping the bands off. I think they were actually paying homage no. to it. I think they're great fans of that style of music. Yeah, they were great. They were a really good band. I, 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 loved, I loved a lot of things they did. Um, uh, there was that song that sounded a bit like the Beatles. What was that one? Um, she was a great song. I remember oh, too. I it had remember piano the name in it. Now. It had piano um, in it, yeah. We uh, played it on the radio here. Oh, we probably yeah, have, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's no, it's a great song. Who did you um, see as your great um, rivals at that time in that sort of garage rivals. rock? Or, or contemporaries, yeah, that, yeah? Yeah, I think contemporaries more like it. We, we, there wasn't that much rivalry. There's more camaraderie, really, than rivals. Um, you know, we used to get together with the Purple Hearts and, you know, bands like that, you know, the, the Loved Ones, which are a great band. Um, you know, bands like that. Uh, but there was there was a little bit of rivalry between the Masters and the Zoot, but that was nothing to do with uh, musical rivalry. That was more to do with them thinking that we that we were sort of uh, um, disrespectful of them. I'm thinking that sound, whole song sounds like a freak out to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 they were in must be in doubt. <laughs> um, but sure. but uh, no, I loved the, I loved the Purple Hearts. Of course, they had Lobby Lloyd in there, who was yeah. the guitarist, and um, Tony Kale, the drummer that went on to be with the Easy Beats later on, mm. um, was a fantastic. He was years ahead as a drummer than anybody in in those days. Yeah. Our special band. guest on a Friday music show is Jim Keys from the Masters Apprentices, who also has a brand new CD out, which is called Dirty Dirty. Jim, there's a song that Tino has included that that we're going to play that um, I still love and is still being recorded by everybody far and wide and I think was written by Alan Toussaint, Alan Toussaint wasn't yeah, it? It was. But there's a bunch yeah. of versions of, yeah. of, um, of Fortune Teller which is just wonderful. Why did you want to throw this in? Well, the same era and uh, yep, this, same this era. is The regarded, Throb were a great band. Yeah. I love The Throb. And and they've they've now wearing the uh, the garage band mantle as well. Yep. So. What they a great are. song. That's fantastic. The Stones, yeah. the Iguanas. And I always reckon they did a better version than The Stones did. Yeah, I, I think so too, yeah. And they had another song called Black, which I really loved, a great song. It was yeah. a B-side of the second single or something, but yeah. I love Black. It was an old song. English folk song. Yeah. And Robert Robert Plant and Alison Krauss did this a couple of years and ago too. The they did. Ah. <laughs> we we were we were lucky we, we had a rich we've got a rich legacy of what they now call garage punk with uh, in Australia with with that one and and uh you know the other other bands that did were in that genre you know like the Missing Links and stuff like that they were just great bands you know hey. in the masters. Yeah. Now, funny you should say that, Jim. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Because we've got one of the original missing links on the phone to talk to us now. Wow. <laughs> ah, Ronnie, Ronnie Peel, hello. Hi, Cal. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Thank you for joining in the madness again today. That's more than, it's always a pleasure. We've got you on the phone. We have Jim Keys in a studio in Melbourne and Tino and I sitting here sweetly in the middle. And we can all talk to each other. So you'll be able to hear Jim. Right. Yeah. How are you, Ronnie? I'm I'm very good. I say, hello, Jim. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Well, I should be dead, but I'm still here. I heard about you had a few problems, mate. Yeah, I had a couple of health issues, yeah. Yeah, well, I I felt terrible because I... I mean, the last time we, we sort of eyeballed one another was outside the end centre at uh, Thorpey's Memorial. Yes, of course it was, yeah. get a cab and hurry back to Melbourne. And That's we exactly right. I remember, and Lobby was standing there. and, and Lobby, and, yeah, yeah. 
Lobby was there, and who would have thought that Lobby would have outlived Billy? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, mate, I felt bad because we we yak for five minutes, and you said I've got to go, and I said, well, Jim, let's hope it's next time we get together. It's somebody else and not you or me in the box because we've just been yeah. doing the whole thing with Billy in a box on stage. Huh? Uh, incredible. And then a little while later I heard you'd been quite ill. So I'm... Yeah, well, what I've got is, uh, yeah, I've got a cancer and, and it's unfortunately it's incurable, which is uh, a damned inconvenience, I've got to say. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I love your attitude, Jim. <laughs> no, it, uh, yeah, no, it's actually quite a good one. If you're going to have cancer, mine's probably the one to get because it's they can shut it down. It's one of those, it's a, a blood-borne sort of cancer, not leukaemia, but a, a sort of okay. a rare uh, thing. And uh, after my treatment, they said, look, you could probably go five to ten years and not have a problem, you know. And I've gone nearly five now and I'm still okay. Okay, well, if good. you could just keep that up, that'd be good. One album yeah, a year, they're, they're not getting rid of me that quick. I'm <laughs> hanging around. <laughs> and now, it's going another five to ten years. You'd have to... That's a lottery win, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll be glad to croak it by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now back to business. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you yeah boys let's not talk about death to too much. Yeah. Long time no see, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, have to, we'll have to get together again. Yeah, we'll probably see it at the studio in the next few days. Uh, Ronnie's been popping into the studio every fortnight to, to do some of his tracks with the Rockwells. Yeah. Looking forward to that being finished. Well, there you go, Jim's here. On. Now, Ron, what, what's your uh, perspective on Garage Rock? Well, Garage Rock, it's, it's a fairly recent sort of, you know, I mean, the world loves terminology in recent years. Yeah? I mean, back when we were kids, like you say, the Missing Links were a garage band. Every band was a garage band. There was no, no difference. Everybody started out the back, and, and it was a terminology that didn't exist in those days. I mean, it was a long time ago when we were young kids. Yeah? Um, and I, I don't know, I guess it means youthful exuberance, a lot of people that sort of like not slick, polished, board, professional sort of product. Uh, you know, as such, it's got a sort of a sales sort of handle there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. This is really good. It's not very good. Well, <laughs> That's it's, the it's a, I think it's like an unpolished diamond is the yeah. inference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you were buying in the missing links. How long lived was the missing links? Well, the missing links as an entity went for a few years. I was, I was, it was two definite bands. It was two generations of the band. Yeah. I was in the very first one, which probably went for, oh, seemed like a lifetime. It was probably only a year or so at the most. So we were, we were very young kids, yeah, 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and it was, 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 sorry, Ronnie, was Doug Ford in the band with no, you? That was the second lineup, Jimmy. Th- I thought so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the second version. I mean, I knew Doug way back. I grew up at Port Macquarie. Doug come from Warhope. When we were 11, 12-year-old kids, we used to line up on opposing football teams at school football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. Uh, if only you'd known what was coming, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have treated them with so much malice, I guess, if we'd have known we were going to be brothers in arms down the road a bit, yeah. But, um, no, Doug, the first band sort of... We, as it came to an end, there was one, suddenly the drummer didn't turn up and we found out he was actually, he was a young guy that joined the Navy and decided he didn't like it. He was actually AWOL for about eight months from the Navy and they oh. found him. And then we had a friend, a guy from New Zealand jump up and play drums with us and he was a wonderful guy called Andy James, who's now known as Andy Anderson, an actor and he's in Melbourne, been in Melbourne for many years. Um... And another guy that I played with in the very first band I played in Sydney, a guy called Johnny Jones, they both finished up playing with the first line-up towards the end, and when it was finished, and they said, do you mind if 
you guys are all going your own way, can we keep the name and keep going? And then that was the genesis of, of the second lineup, which was uh, <coughs> with Doug. And they had uh, Ian and Hutch, two guys from a band called The Showman, a guy called Chris Gray, a harmonica player. He was only a young kid, but he was like one of the first sort of blues harp players you ever mm. saw in the flesh. Uh, and and they, they actually lasted a couple of years. Uh, and, and they probably and they, I think they transformed into running, jumping, standing still, didn't they? After that, yeah, well, they, they got to that with Andy. Andy became yeah, the Andy and Doug. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, you know what I love about the Australian music industry over the last fifty years is that you guys just all know each other. Well, it's it's a very. I mean, they talk about big fish, little pond, little big little fish, big pond. It is a fairly small puddle overall. You know, the mm. whole there's. It's the, the population, but um, we're, the, we're talking about the missing links back in in the early sixties. Yeah, there was probably five or six bands in all of Sydney. Yeah, yeah, if, and, and and that went from the top, like the Denver Men and the RJs, the DJs, the bands that were on bandstand, oh, six o'clock rock and stuff, working with big name acts from those days, down to like the garage band, the unknown bunch of kids out out in the western suburbs. If, if a new bunch of kids got together, everybody knew there was another band on the block. Yeah. Our special guest on the phone on a Friday music show, Ronnie Peel, of course, also known as Rockwell T. James, when he used to have hair down to his shoulder blades. And was the nude centrefold. And was the nude centrefold. <laughs> we, we haven't found a copy of that yet, have we? I know we? somebody who's got one. No, I don't ah! Put them all up. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> no, all right. Tino, Tino reckons he can get his hands on one. Let's hear the missing links. Oh, I, I guess we should, shouldn't we? <laughs> Back in a sec with you, Ronnie. Oh, was that a tiny little freak-out section there? It was, and no bent notes. They were all, they were all just plunked. It actually sounded a lot like Harry Vander playing guitar. Oh, that yeah. little solo. Yeah. Man, yeah. I, I, I remembered the title, but if I'd have heard the track don't pass, I wouldn't have known it. It was a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, I often think about, it was so long ago, we were so young and didn't know anything about anything. What was the motivation to jump up in front of people and say, hey, you'll like this, this will be great? You know, you think, Chicks. What? Probably. No more complicated There was nothing really before us, you know what I mean? We, we, um, there was 50s rock, which was a sort of a different genre, really, but there was, but for, as far as garage music like that, there was nothing before us. We, we really were sort of blazing the trail and, and slashing through the jungle with a machete uh and and um uh so so the naivety was because there was nothing to go by you know were, and, were, and, jim uh, were, the, were the mothers of attractive young ladies scared of you like were they you were, were you yeah, that they were. bad at, yeah well it was when when we do cotton keys and morris gigs and at the end of the night we come out and sell cds you know and sign the cds and these girls come up and they say oh you know i remember the masters but i wasn't allowed to go my <sighs> mum and dad wouldn't let me go and see them because you guys were the bad guys, you know. Oh, no. well, we weren't you know. really. We weren't really all that bad. We had a reputation as being yeah. bad, but but in reality, when you look back, I mean, yeah, we are, well, okay, we did a few bad. If there was Facebook now, back then, we were all still <laughs> yeah, in, jail. in jail. <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, I've got to we say, Jim, really not to embarrass you, but you were a very, very good-looking young man back then. Not to say you're not now, but well, I'm not surprised I'm not mothers now. were worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. The thing was that she, you see, we we had a we had a stroke of genius where um, most of the bands in that mid to late sixties era were all sort of wearing um, you know uh, velvet jackets and frilly shirts and all that sort of stuff, which we did too. But then we had this stroke of genius. We thought uh, because they were getting ripped, we, we would get all our clothes ripped off on stage, and, and we'd be we'd spend all the money we earned. We would spend on 
clothes, you know, replacing the, the pants and the trousers, the shirts, everything. Oh, you poor and, thing. Um, yeah, oh, it was a shocker. Good and so we had, this, we had this genius idea of getting leather gear and um, – and it was great because they couldn't rip it. You know, we, we, we saved all this money because we, we had clothes that we could keep wearing. <laughs> but the thing is that the black leather gear we had gave us that bad – nobody was doing that in those days and, and uh, wearing leather like that. And it gave us that bad boy look anyway. Yeah. So that just enhanced our, our you reputation. You more money than us, Tim, to have leather bad boy. We – we, we, another thing, the missing links, we created Op Shop Chic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did it very well, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, hang on, Jim. There, there is, of course, the, the the boy from the stars, the photo of you, the boy from the stars. Oh, for God's sake. The, did you have to bring that up? The Viking gone wrong. And you, yeah, you're showing yeah, a bit, right. of, bit of shoulder and, dare I say it, possibly a bit of nipple in that photo. Oh. I think there was, but... Uh, I think we've lost um, Ronnie. Yeah, I've got, I've got the poster of it. Because I collect, I'm a bit of a memorabilia. I, I collected a lot of those old posters, which are actually quite rare now. There's very few '60s Australian rock posters in existence, and luckily I, I kept a whole lot. What was the with the, the stars one? What was with the Valkyrie helmet? Um, well, I, I had there's the strangest story behind that. I I designed my own costume, and, and I <laughs> I wanted a I wanted a helmet with a star on the front and wings at the side. Yes. and I thought, where in the hell am I going to get one of those? You know. Yeah, so I went down to yeah. I went down to this uh, place that hires for for um, for uh, it was J C Williamson. They were a really big company that yep. hired for theatre shows and stuff, and they had these huge big. Um, huge, almost as big as skips, big big uh, uh, baskets full of hats and helmets and well, and clothes in general. But they had these two skips, and I went in there and I said, "I, I want, I want this." And I, I, I sort of drew it for her. She said, "Oh, I don't know. You never, you know, you can go and have a go what? and have a look in there." You know. Yeah. So I went along. I put my, I opened the big lid, put my hand in, and the first thing I pulled out was the exact. Thing that I designed. It was like Providence. unbelievable. Providence. So you and didn't it had the actually. The star on the front and the wings on oh. the side. I went, wow, oh. this is great. This you... is exactly what I. You, you didn't know, actually so... go in with an asterisk comic in your hands, did you? <laughs> no, I don't think he'd been invented either, Ben. <laughs> All right, but, uh, we've, we've no, got about. That was, that was what I wanted. Jim, Jim, shut up. We've got a... You're okay. <laughs> we've only got about four or five minutes left. I know we have, and we've got uh, albums to bloody to promote. promote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ronnie Peel, thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, we'll probably catch up at some stage in the future, mate. Probably when you're up here with Cotton Keys and Morris. I don't think yeah. you're Actually, we're down there with Youngie in May, so we might catch you in Melbourne in May. Yeah, oh, great. Good. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, Thanks, Ron. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, dear. A track off your new album, Time Has Come yeah. Today. I, I want to play this because I think it, it really demonstrates the, uh, the, the passage of the Master's Apprentices from Garage Rock to psychedelic rock and yeah i think you've actually you it's almost like you you're setting up the next jim keys album will be a psychedelic album this yeah, is <laughs> yeah well it's shaping up that way we've got we've started to look at songs for the next <laughs> album <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> uh, here we go time has come today from jim keys brand new cd which is called dirty dirty and, and before we get to the freak out section i'll just say this is was originally by a band called chambers brothers yeah Brothers here, which yeah. were the only black psychedelic band out of San Francisco. That, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never seen another one. It was they were quite unique. But interestingly enough, I was talking to my mate Mac yesterday. Alice yeah. Cooper, who were perhaps the the classic American garage band, when yeah. they first went to LA, 
they stayed with the Chambers brothers in their Did house. Did they? Yeah, all right. <laughs> How about that? That's pretty all cool. Right. No, I didn't know that. A bit of trivia, mate. <laughs> bit of rock trivia. Um, and it, yeah. we're coming up to the freak out section. We can't miss this. Okay. <laughs> now, Carol's just about to tell you whenever she hears. Oh, uh, you've got to warn me to tell me to take my headphones off. Panning I'm no from good. One, one side of the headphone to the other, she gets vertigo. Ah, I see. <laughs> That's all right. I'm still in my seat. We're going to have to run away. Jim Keys, this has been truly splendid. Thank you so much. Oh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Will you uh, come back and play when you do next year's CD? (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) love to. But, um, yeah, no, we're very excited about this one. We've had great reviews in the press and uh, a lot of of fabulous reaction in the media in general. So, And thank you guys for having the same sort of enthusiasm for it. Uh, look, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's absolutely it. sterling. It's called Dirty Dirty by Jim Keyes and it is out now through uh, Shock. So yeah. I hope you've enjoyed the little bits of it that and you've heard. Jim will be up. Jim Keyes, it's been a real treat. Thank you so much. Oh, an absolute pleasure, like I said before, Carol. And, um, and you know, th- thank, thanks for having me.